I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors by actors. Brought to you by Book It. Let's kick this off, huh? Alrighty, uh, this week we have a really great guest. He's a young working actor who in the last few years changed markets from New York City to Atlanta, Georgia, and has been seen on such shows as Claws, Lovecraft Country, Mindhunter, Royal Pains, and Boardwalk Empire. He's also had roles in the films Dumplin', Just Mercy, and Best of Enemies. Please welcome to the show, Ryan Dinning. Hey guys. Hi, Ryan. Up, Ryan. Thanks, thanks for being here. Ryan, it's you're my you're from Omaha, Nebraska. Is that where everything started for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. Omaha, Nebraska. You know, the middle of the United States, where lots of people get their start. Sure, of course. <laughs> it's a hot. It's a hotbed over there. It's the Hollywood of the plains. Sure. Uh, <laughs> growing up, but we can call it that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did you did you um, start with this in your head? Was it something that kind of arrived on your doorstep later, or? Uh, what was your story? Oh man! So my oh, my beginning was not at all this. I, I never thought that I would be where I'm at now. Um, all the way up until probably my junior year of high school, I was really interested in being an orthopedic doctor. Hmm. Uh, specifically, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, um, and that was all oh. born out of the fact that I was a gymnast um, and a cheerleader for quite some time. Um, and I broke many, many, many bones and my oh. favorite, part of all of it was how they put me back together. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> I like, that's what I want to do. I want to go there. Right. Um, and then I booked a commercial my senior year of high school because my, uh, theater director for my high school was like, Hey, there, I have a casting director friend here in town who's doing a commercial for uh, mutual of Omaha who does insurance. Right. That's going to be on the golf channel. I know that you go golfing with your dad. Occasionally you want to go audition for it. And I was like, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Went in, went against a bunch of people who were actual golfers who um, had actual like experience doing that. And um, because I just was like really cheesy and hammy with the whole casting uh, team there. Uh, I think that's the only reason why I made it through and I could out drive one of the, better guys um which wasn't even really like important to it all but i did i, I outdrove one of the other guys i was going against and um yeah so if they were on the fence they were like uh, we either have to get a real golfer or an actor who golfs but he has to be good the fact that you outdrove somebody is like okay well let's just get him he's a ham and he's good at what he does exactly and it, and it worked out and i had i had no earthly idea of how much money you make as an actor um, and you were I like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I, again, like I, like this just wasn't where I was thinking. I was a, I did sports was my biggest thing. And then I, I just did theater because I was in choir and swing choir. Cause all my friends did it. So I was like, well, I'll give this a shot. And then I, I, I ended up doing a lot of theater in, in high school, but the idea of going on with it was never anything and, and either making a career, but then they told me, all right, so you're going to make this much money. And I was like, excuse me, what, huh? I'm going to make how much money? And that alone made me go, well, maybe, 
maybe I am good at this. I don't know. Maybe I should look into uh, it. <laughs> I, in my senior year, which I never recommend to anybody, um, it was the March before I was going to graduate in May. I applied to go to the University of Northern Colorado for acting and I got in. Um, and, that, and that was because they, they had seen me at the thespian conference that happens in the, in the middle of the United States every year. Um, and they were like, oh, I remember you. Yeah, we'll let you in. That's and you, great. you did and, that in um, high school. I, mm-hmm. that, that thespian thing in high school, they saw you. Admitted you thespian, into not lesbian, college. Tommy. Thespian. Yes. So yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so that was a four year program. It was a four year program. Yeah, they so the University of Northern Colorado is mainly known for musical theater. Um, they have a handful of people that uh, have done um, uh, chorus and and a couple of different. Josh Busher, I think, is going to be the most well known name in terms of like. Um, dance and uh and chorus for for broadway shows um but there wasn't a lot of people from the acting program which is what i just specifically did um i did musical theater growing up in high school but i'm deaf in one ear so pitch is quite hard for me okay uh, so <laughs> when i got to college i was like i'm just gonna focus on on theater i think this is where i where i need to really kind of exist and um i, I the big this thing about me when you go there, really what pulled me in is that they offered what we all know now as a showcase. Right. And, um, I was like, all right, this is what, this seems legit. Um, from what I, I learned really quickly about what I need to succeed after college and, uh, got to my senior year and, and had done a plethora of plays and, and felt really good about my career there that I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, whereas there was a lot of people in my class who didn't, um, which I think that's pretty normal for a lot of people. You kind of get done. You oh, go yeah. out there. I, and then, I mean, and I, me personally, I, I don't specifically love the whole idea of, of showcase. Cause I don't think it's an end all be all for people. And I think sometimes it's hyped up to be more than it actually is. And I also think that a lot of us aren't quite ready right away. Um, because you don't get everything you need in a, in a four year public, uh, college for, for theater. Um, I think life experience can help just as much as well as you can go somewhere and, and learn something from a, a studio that teaches more of what you're looking for. That's but I, absolutely positively yeah. correct. Yes. You yeah. don't need to go four years at some huge prestigious school. You know, some of our best courses, we've always said some of our, the best um, ex- learning experience we've had, we're in hole in the wall workshops in New York, LA, Chicago, wherever. Um or you paid a hundred bucks a pop or something rather than some $25,000 diploma. You, you will learn, of course, I'm sure you learned a lot, but yeah, the majority I, I, my, my toolbox started, you know what I mean? Right. I, but the elements of success that, that were going to ensure like your career were probably found in the field, hustling, grinding, hitting the pavement. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and that's in, in no four year college really teaches you, not that I know of teaches you, um, what that's going to be like. And maybe no one can. Yeah. No. And I, and I remember that being a thing, like everybody was super excited or, or, you know, there's also the feeling of jaded being feeling jaded. Cause you don't get something right away when you get out, which yeah. is totally fair. Um, they were like, well, you know, like Ryan's going to be Ryan's making it from our class and whatnot. And I was like, I didn't book for, so like, I think it was three years. So I felt like I was, it was a credit that I was like, Oh, I, I like this credit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I can tell people about this. Right, of, exactly. <laughs> thing that if you freeze it for a tenth of a second, you'll see it's great. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, please, please, my, my episode is airing tomorrow. Don't don't blink. Just don't blink. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it was uh, I I was fortunate in the fact that like that I I had hooked up with an agency. I started with uh, Henderson Hogan. Nice. Uh, uh, and I met a man by the name of Thompson Milam, um, who is a big reason as why I'm here in Atlanta now. Um, but he uh, just so happened to live around the corner from me in Astoria, out in Queens. And um, we both had an affinity for uh, American Ninja Warrior. Who doesn't? Watching- yeah, right, exactly. He likes watching uh, American <laughs> Warrior. Please don't. Adam, it falls in the category. Adam, it falls in the category of sport, uh, so you wouldn't have seen it. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, continue. Uh, it's essentially try to complete an obstacle course as fast as you can. Right. Uh, um, that was uh, that was born in a whole other country, and then we Americanized the crap out of it. Right. Uh, um, so, like, they're eating like steak to- now through it or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it was it was something we both connected on. I was like, I'd always wanted to be on the show because my gymnastics background um, and being an athlete. And he liked watching the show because he liked looking at all the boys. And so it was one. It was like, cool. What yeah, show is this? So maybe Adam did see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, American Ninja Warrior. Warrior. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've just seen yeah. screen caps. Yeah, I bet you have a couple of different offshoots that are can be found on uh, nefarious websites. That I'm sure. But <laughs> don't know uh, what we're talking. All about. right, so you shared you shared something with him, and and you guys got kind of closer because of this obscure connection, right? Obscure, and we, I mean, it, we both had this background in in cheerleading too, which I remember when I was sitting down to meet all the agents. He was immediately the person I gravitated to because I don't know if you know this, but you don't meet a lot of male cheerleaders. Um, nowadays it's, it's, you see far more and that's, that's fantastic. But back in the early two thousands, especially growing up in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, to be a male <laughs> cheerleader, uh, a death sentence in high school. Um, and it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, uh, an experience. I'll put it at that. Right. But, um, I, so did we, you move to New York city out, out after your showcase, you got mm-hmm. signed and moved to New York. Yeah. Henderson Hogan was at your showcase? Oh uh, no, the showcase was we were at it was a it was actually not even one of these scheduled showcases. It was we were we had an in with Telsey and we went to Telsey and it was a panel with two casting directors and an agent. And the only agent was from the Henderson Hogan office and the other two were casting directors. Essentially we showed them our showcase and then we got to ask questions and they would say like hey maybe you should tweak this, maybe this is good, this is bad this is things you should think about before you guys go do your actual showcase tomorrow and everybody we had asked questions and we were all filing out and at the time um uh, uh an agent by the name of david cash was with um was with them i think he's at paradigm now mm-hmm. uh, but i get to the end and i'm shaking their hands and he goes we're going to talk afterwards please don't leave and i'm like dude don't uh, do that in front of everybody in my class freaking do uh, that uh, <laughs> then you know of course but yes i will see like, you afterwards oh, and so i i got i got interest from other people but it was the way that david just immediately came to me that i was like i think i want to go with these guys um yeah did you ever see yourself moving to new york city oh yeah man when i oh oh, oh, okay okay yeah like 
senior year, I go on a New York trip and I go, uh, where did I go? See? I saw Aida um, when it was on Broadway and I That's saw, um, uh, oh man, the, the brother of what's her name? Uh, why am I blanking on what it is? Suddenly Seymour. You can tell I'm not a musical theater actor. Um, the brother of? I'm trying to think of the show. Uh, Suddenly Seymour is going to be. Oh, uh, Little Shop. That- there we go. Thank you. Oh, you were thinking of the show, Little. I thought you were thinking of a person. Uh, Hunter Foster is who I'm thinking of. Oh, it's I see. Okay. They're the older brother of, I think, Sutton Foster, correct? Yeah. yeah. I had seen that and I was mesmerized. Um, and I remember getting off the bus because we, of course, being from Nebraska, we were in a bus. Fucking a. Nebraska. <laughs> and I'm from Indiana. So, like, there's just corn just like popping out while people Everywhere. are just exiting the bus. You're just- a fucking chicken <laughs> just <laughs> flies out. <laughs> We're going to take a bus across the country? Whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing, though. That w- I would have been so excited. That's incredible. From Nebraska. Yeah. That's awesome. And I remember getting off the bus, and I see these shows, and I'm like, this. I want this, because this is nothing like where I come from. I want to live here. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and I remember also visiting L.A. as well during that, when I went back to fast forward to college. I you know, had gone there for that showcase and i remember just being like nah this doesn't do for me it's new york i want to i want to suffer every day of my life yeah yeah nice weather i don't i want it to be nice and dark my (laughs) path my journey i want it to be real rough because i've already done all this i did this for the bit of my life i want to go this coffee a cigarette and a bagel every morning (laughs) which essentially that was my diet for the first two years of living in new york (laughs) yeah oh yeah i get it Okay, so let's move forward. So you got to New York. You you eventually get signed. Yeah. Um, how was starting out? Uh, you, this is your first agent. These are your first legit auditions that you're going out for. Um, say in that first year, ups, downs, impediments, speed bumps. Was it pretty smooth? Were you learning a lot? Were you getting disgruntled? Oh, I mean, I was I was getting disgruntled. I, you know, I was the I had come from a past of. In high school, I always booked in the in the shows. And mm-hmm. we were an odd public high school where we did about six shows a year. Jesus. Not, which isn't normal. I didn't know. I thought it was normal until I got to college. And I was like, we do two. What are you talking about? Uh, got to college. I made a main stage every year in college. That was awesome. Got to New York. And for two years, didn't book a damn thing. Yeah. And- Welcome to the business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like wait what do you mean everybody else back home like me um <laughs> yeah so it was hard it, it was i was really thankful for having thompson in my life because he oh god god bless him i'd call him at least once a week with that nervous like am i are okay so i know i didn't break or i didn't book this last right week, and there's no feedback if you guys are gonna drop me i, I totally get it like it's gonna i like it's fine like i i understand i'm not i'm not performing at the level i need to perform um (laughs) be harder on yourself my god and then you have other new york actors who are like just not showing up to their auditions they're like sorry yeah and uh, here you are just apologizing your eyes out (laughs) good nebraska boy i was gonna say i'm not going to this audition you're not going to this audition um (laughs) and like there's also that different thing because I'm waiting table that time at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company in Times oh, Square. 
great. Because you know, you got to get your New York serving experience before you go to a reputable, reputable restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> it was horrible. But I'm with a bunch of different actors, some who have booked, some who have never booked, and then some who have, who have agents and those that don't. I'm starting to sort of piece together that I'm like, okay, so this is different for everybody. There's no track record as to how you're supposed to do this, this, and this. Um, Cause you know, we all were built on this idea of, especially I think in the fifties and sixties where it was like, you book one thing, then the rest of your career just takes off. Sure. And you're, that's how Broadway worked. And I was sorely mistaken after I did that later. Um, you know, you book one Broadway show back in the day, you would keep working on Broadway until you really did something bad and it was over. Um, but, yeah, just- but now it's like, you have to continually pr- uh, prove yourself Every show yeah. is like you're starting over almost. Which you know? is, you know, it's it's good and it's bad, but it's, yeah. you know, whatever. When, when you're t- talking to yourself about it all. <laughs> you can say you were on Broadway because you can. were on Broadway. Exactly. Yes. And that is a small percentage of actors. And I am very thankful for the show that I got into. Um, but it, speaking of that time for the first few years, when I'm learning through everybody what they're experiencing, I'm starting to realize that, you know, I can't subscribe to everybody's ideas um i had to really learn that no was okay to hear and then the next question you start asking is but what's my feedback and i was fortunate enough that my agents i've never asked that i have never gotten feedback before but i've heard so many people get it and ask for it i asked how can i how does that work does your does your rep after you go in does your rep call the office and say, what's your, what did you guys think of Ryan? Yes. Now I will say it can be an annoying ass question. Um, and, and that's they, more theater, right? Film and TV. You just, the numbers are too high for that, right? Uh, depending. I think, I mean, even back then my, uh, my maybe if some, if someone was new, that would probably be an appropriate thing, but right. Somebody who's yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so like, uh, they were really good about being able to get a hold of them and say like, Hey, what did you think of his audition? Um, and, and I essentially was learning, I was learning how to audition in a room like that. As I was going, I was using the back as if it was a class and just going, okay, so this is what they think I'm doing too much of. And the, and the the thing I got forever, whenever I did film and TV auditions is his energy's there. He's great, but he's trying to perform to the back row. Uh, and, and that's I was, so I, weird in New York. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a New York actor coming into a film and TV audition and really hamming it up. <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you're learning. Okay, I got to dumb things down. I got to quiet myself and like live in that sort of a uh, smaller world because I'm in mm-hmm. a completely different world that is film and TV, especially. Absolutely, and I had to. I was. I'm. I was a friend of a friend of a guy by the name of Richard Robichaux. Um, the only thing I can kind of think off the top of my head, he was in uh, boyhood by Richard mm-hmm. Linkley. He did that whole project all the way through. Uh, oh my gosh. The restaurant manager, I think is what he, that, that he ends up working at. Mm-hmm. And um, he gave me the best advice on that. He said, you know, when you're on stage, you're acting within a proscenium, correct? He goes, when you're on film, the lens is your proscenium. Exactly. So, and that makes, Go, oh, okay. So the whole yeah. idea, it wasn't so like dumbed down. It was like, all right, calm down. You're, <laughs> you can get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, actually the less you do, the more effective the more. you are. So it's it's the exact opposite of 
100%. In a totally different medium. And so I, it took me a couple of years to figure that out. Um, but then I was creating these really great relationships with casting. And um, Which is the name of the game. I just want to stop for a moment. I You just said I t- it took a couple of years to to figure out. Now, that is an important that's such an important sentence. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't take a couple months. No. It doesn't take a year. Sometimes it takes a couple years to really hone in on something and get it and get into this zone and and then you get to that point you arrive where you walk into audition and you do everything, but just like a golfer coming up to their pre-shot routine, everything's perfect. Why? They did it a million times. Yeah. And you know, it took you a couple of years to figure those things out. And I think there's a lot of actors out there who don't have time for those 2 years. They don't have um they don't have to, they don't have the toleration for two years, but right. the fact is, you must. You absolutely must. It might be two months. It might be two years. It might be ten years. But your path is your path, and and yours particularly. It took a couple of years to figure it out, but you were willing to do that. So, so good absolutely. for you. You know, there are t- most people actually. Most actors would kind of quit because. Well, and that's I could speaking on that. Um, some of the people who I think till this to this day who I went to college with are far better actors than I think I am. Um, and they were people who I looked at and I, I, I just always admired their work whenever we were, we were doing our shows in, in college, you know, and they don't do it anymore. And I remember I am like, the world is just robbed of your talent because you're, you're I completely you, agree. It's part of the hustle. Tragic. You have yeah. If you and don't it's, it's a- know the hustle or were told about it or learn about it and go out and experience it, it's one of those things. So many people from Circle in the Square, I'm like, Jesus, you're talented. And you should be going so far as an actor. But right. you get done with school and I don't, you know, like what you were saying, like, oh, well, I was doing main stages and I was always getting cast in college and school, blah, 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 blah. But when you have that mentality of like, I'm the shit and I'm getting stuff within this teeny tiny little bubble, you go out into the big city, out into the world, and there might be an expectation of, oh, I'm owed or I'm just going to get certain things because I'm used to that in this tiny bubble. But then you get out there and you realize you have to do when you're starting out all of that work yourself. And it's such a learning curve. Like you were saying with auditioning, you're going out on auditioning, but you're also learning how to do this. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it takes a few years to get some of that sometimes. And it's that hustler mentality that I think a lot of people who are so talented come out of school and it just, it doesn't click or they're not in a position to get that ball rolling and then they just flatline and nothing happens. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's they, they, they end up shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, and the beautiful thing about acting is that it's like, look, we can do this for the rest of our lives. And my hope is that those people who I still talk to and are still friends with and and they've gone on to do other wonderful things with their lives. They can still come back to the craft. Sure. Sure. Great, but it's it's true. It was it took. I I had I had almost quit. I um I had ended. I was in a really I was in a long term relationship where we were doing long distance. Um, and she was a junior, I was a senior. That kind of situation. And then mm-hmm. when I moved or after she graduated, I moved her up, and she as as well as herself. And we had ended our relationship. And I moved all of my stuff out of that place. I had a house in Astoria, guys. I lived in a house. Wow. That was crazy. You um, owned? No, God, okay, absolutely. Good. You rented <laughs> a house? God, I was going to say, you were doing well. 
that one Probably golfer not. commercial. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, those residuals only paid out for right. Fuck sports medicine. Uh, <laughs> um, right. But um, it was it was those one things I can say. I lived in a house in Queens, uh. in New York. <laughs> I really I got to mow a yard. Um, but uh, I moved out after our relationship ended. I moved in with all my stuff into my friend's place. And the next week that I was I was searching for an apartment. Uh, I was in the middle of their apartment when um, it caught fire. Uh, and I was sitting in the in the living room uh, with my with my friend Drew Smart at the time, who was another very talented actor. Um, and the ceiling split open, and fire starts pouring out. We're playing Mario Kart um, on a, on an old N sixty four, just enjoying ourselves. Yeah. And it's the middle of October. And from what I understand, the landlord lived on the first floor. He had installed a faulty fireplace without a permit. And it was that first cold, crisp day in October. And he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn on my fireplace. Well, the fire built up in the – the flue wasn't in there properly. It built up in the walls. And since it had nowhere to go, it split open the ceiling. Wow. Him and I, we do, we're not on the, the, the lease for this apartment. The guys who are living there are all people we serve with, and they're all working their shifts in Times Square. So we're sitting here. I look at him, he looks at me. He goes, I'll get the cat. You grab the important stuff. I look down, and there's a laptop. I run down the stairs. It's, a, it's only a, a second floor walk up. I go down the stairs. I come back up, and I'm looking around. I was like, you found the cat? He hasn't found the cat. He's still looking for the cat. I find one of my bags with all of my – I had all of my stuff in it, but I take it all out and put it in a closet. And I throw the bag down the stairs. I take two steps back into the apartment. I go, there's fucking nothing in there. <laughs> like, I don't have anything in there. What am I doing? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a beam falls down in the middle of the, the staircase. And I look at my friend Drew, and he can't find the cat. And I and I have the last of the laptops off of the, the counter. And I go, we got to go. And so we jump over the beam. We run downstairs. We call the roommates. And we spend the next seven hours watching the place burn to the ground with all of my earthly possessions in it. And, and the cat and the cat was smart enough to jump out the window cloth through the um the screen and jumped into the bird bath that was in those you know tiny new york backyards thank god yes very much so but i'm sitting there going holy all right. shit yeah yeah so all of that happens i have nothing to my name except the clothes i'm wearing on my back I have, I don't have a house to go live in anymore because I just, that relationship just ended uh, pretty badly. And so I could only afford a Greyhound bus ticket. So, you know, I took that bus there, took a bus back to Omaha, Nebraska, took me two and a half days to get home. And I was sitting at home and my, and I was like, well, this is it. I, I have to come back. This is, uh, my mom works for a company called Pella uh, Windows, which installs windows both commercially and residentially. And I was oh, yeah. like, well, I get a job for you guys like selling windows and my mom and dad were like absolutely fucking not you're not you're gonna go back and i don't come from a very well-off family uh but i do come off i do come from a family that is um incredibly hardworking. and they were like here's a couple hundred bucks you need to go back um i cried for two days on the way back i met a very nice amish man who explained what amish was all about that was oh, nice. Um, and, uh, I showed up back to, um, I had just started working at Joe Allen, 
the restaurant on 48th and 8th. And they had pulled their tips together for like two days and had given me all of the tips for two days, which was enough for me to buy clothes. Oh my God. Um, everybody at, um, at the restaurant in Times Square, Bubba Gump's, they had pulled, uh, had done these like showcases essentially to pull in money for us and uh, gave each of us a little bit of money. Um, and then my agents came through and they gave me, um, gift cards to like old Navy and places like that to be able to buy clothes. Um, and I realized in that moment that the, a couple of different things, first of all, like I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, second of all, the difference between you and the person on the street is the community in which you decide to rest in. Um, and I realized that I owed it not just to them, but to myself to continue trying to do this. And then three months later, I booked my first real gig, which is a theater works gig doing um, uh, Charlotte's Web. Hmm. I go on tour for six months, which couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> oh, I don't my guess. God. <laughs> yeah. So well, fuck my stories. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's that is incredible yeah. it was um, um <laughs> i don't know what to say it was a lot <laughs> but but you know we're uh, every actor has has their story and usually it's like riddled with challenges and setbacks and um you know some of it's pretty dark some of it is like a fire or a dead roommate or like a really rough rough go uh, a broken marriage or whatever and the tenure of this this timeline your process and all these little like notches in your belt of like challenge and stress and defeat and all that stuff. And you, you continued. And now that belt is instead with these notches, you've got these stories that you've carved into, you know, and, and none happened if you didn't choose to continue to keep going. So a lot of people take the fire as, okay, I'm not supposed to do this, you know, but thank God you had people in your life who are like, no, 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 you got to do this. You got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, 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 I mean, and I can, I don't blame anybody that, that, that takes that moment and goes like, this is it. Cause right. you know, a fire. It's hard to have that, that for, foresight to know, I see what's really happening here. Mm-hmm. I see what's happening here. Okay. You know, and, and, and we have to recognize that when we lose that first huge audition that we just can't wait to get, or, or uh, another year of no bookings or whatever it is just to understand that like it's all happening for a reason and even the terrible things that are happening are part of my story and we have to hear stories which is why we're talking to you because there's somebody listening who's like okay yeah i had a pretty bad week but (laughs) my apartment sure as hell didn't burn down to the ground and and, and even on that thing i mean you're gonna continue it it sets you up for when it happens later i mean i've definitely had um uh, a year here or there where i just don't book and Mm. I'm not going to say I don't have those days where it gets dark and I'm like, okay, cool. What other skill sets do I have? Um, what else could I do to make money and, and, you know, make myself happy. But it, it always eventually comes back around to like when I do get an audition or when I, when I am reading a script, or I'm, I'm watching, um, you know, TV shows, which are essentially films now. Um, 
that I, I go like, no, I like, I want to be a part of it. I want to be there. The energy of a set, the energy of a, of a rehearsal room and everything. I, I can't walk away from that yet. I know it. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Actors listen up. If you're having trouble finding a talent agent, or maybe the rep you have is just not cutting it, you need to check out Agent Genie. You'll get access to over 1,200 triple verified talent agents with active rosters in all major markets who are ready to sign you. Agent Genie is for every actor, regardless of credits or where you live. So all you have to do is download the mailer, write your five-sentence email, sit back, and let the Genie take care of the rest. In only 15 minutes, top agents will be looking at your materials, guaranteed. With their one-click mailer system, the Agent Genie submits to all agents in your desired market instantly with personally addressed introductions and a built-in tracking report so you know who opened, who clicked, and who is interested in you. Take your acting career to the next level today with Agent Genie. Use the promo code WISH10 for $10 off your purchase. Visit BookItNYC.com to get started today and see why Book It is the number one resource for all working actors. Talk about talk about talk about how um, things went after you started g- gaining a little bit of momentum and experience and knowledge in what you called the audition as a, as a practice room. Um, mm-hmm. As things started picking up, you 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 get this theater works gig. Uh, you get back into town, start to audition. What are you What are you starting to book now? You you've been on the road. You're back. You're back in town, mm-hmm. and you start to hit the audition circuit again. Um, I, I got really fortunate. So I had booked through Jessica Daniels. I booked a, a recurring role on the Carrie Diaries, which was a, a prequel on the CW to Sex in the City. Um, and that was, that was where I learned how to be on a set. I learned how, cause we, you know, theater, theater training, you don't learn any of that. There's not a damn thing. I took one acting class for camera, acting for camera, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in college and they um, they basically were just tell you the same thing they told me much earlier do less um, but it took until that long to really figure that out but on set I, I figured out like okay first of all cool there's a director for every single episode it's not the same person that's weird that's different if you come from a theater theater background um, and I'm starting to learn that oh no 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 there's no rehearsal process with any of this this is immediately let's go. You come yeah, in. Your rehearsal is 30 minutes. Yeah, like the thing. Yeah, 30 you show minutes, up, you have a marking right. rehearsal, you go get ready and you do it. And you do it. And I had no idea about any of that. I would audition for these things, but I didn't know what was going to happen after I booked it. We're I filming just thought, this like, today? Right, <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, do we Ryan, open? What do you, Ryan, what do you think we're here for? I, I thought this was a dress <laughs> rehearsal. I thought we were going to come back in a week and do this. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I had, thankfully I got, I, it was a recurring role and I got to go through many uh, episodes and and really kind of hone in. And I, I I realized I got to make some mistakes there. Um, I had some directors who were, um, you know, they'd been directing episode after episode of many episodic things. And so they, they knew they'd seen someone like me before and were like, all right, cool. So you're doing, but you need to do this. <laughs> and like, this is what a market is. Are you from is. theater? Don't answer that. You're from theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they were really kind with me. And um, 
And it was in, I was fortunate that the crew, the cast that I was with, they were all on a little bit on the younger side. We were all around the same age. So I could bounce things off of them. Um, and they were really kind and, and, uh, in telling me, you know, Hey, this, you, you need to do this instead of that. Or like, that was great. And they, it was one of those sets where people were really, uh, positive about anything that went well, all the way down to the writers. Um, which was it also sounds really like cool it was one of your first, it sounds like it was one of your first big things right when you got back. Yeah. Right. It was the very first thing that I booked that, you know, oh, I was the on first thing. Okay. It was the first thing I booked and it was, it was a network television show. And, and I, and I was super excited because that was, you know, that was always the other goal um, while I still tried to pursue a, a spot in a Broadway show. Cause I had just got my card from theater works. God bless them for giving us that too. Right. Um, and um, so I was like, Oh cool. Now I can do film and TV, I guess this is like, they say it, they deem me worthy, which I think is what a lot of us feel like when we come from theater and we're trying to make it in uh, in film and TV um it's like please just put me in a show so i could have that credit and so that you know uh a casting director won't look at me and look at like i'm stupid for being like i can do film um so i did that and that was great and it came around uh, right before the uh the closing uh cast party for the third season when they were ending the carrie diaries i had an audition for mosh and all on on broadway um and i went in it was with jim carnahan um and jim carnahan was doing his thing eating in the middle of my uh in the middle of my audition Um, and i got jim carnahan to stop eating and put his food down and went right uh you're the first person to actually do this right today (laughs) it's like oh jim carnahan spoke to me (laughs) and what do you think that was what what was the thing that you did right well um the show mush and all it was one of the first expressionist plays that came on Broadway um, back uh, back in the early 19- or it was 1934 I believe is what it was and um, don't quote me on that I'd have to go back and look at the Wikipedia page for that but um, expressionism is not something that you hit really hard in your in your theater uh, classes I actually only remember it for two reasons uh, my late little brother had helped um, um, design a set for Machinal when my high school did it right after I graduated. And I remember it in a theater history as a footnote at the bottom of what expressionism is um, as C. Machinal. Um, And with those two things, I went, oh, right. It's that clap. It was when we were talking about when you're saying one thing repetitively over and over and over like a freaking Meisner technique, but you're actually talking about all this other stuff. It's all subtext. and I think that's what Jim was saying was that he was like, people were coming in and doing the audition. I was auditioning for the file boy is what it was, is, is what it's called in the script. And all I'm doing there is sitting, saying a accounts, B banking, C contracts, uh, D deductions while trying to create business. And of course I was doing that thing where you have your sides and you're like, this is my only prop. Right. <laughs> Damn, not using prop. I'm going to use this as a prop and I'm pretending to fight him. And I think that's what he meant is that he was just like, you understood that this is about you facilitating this role um, and you facilitating this, um, uh, this piece of, of, of narrative that's going to comment on things later. Um, I go to the callback and it's with uh, Lindsay Turner, who's the director. She's becomes well known over in the West end. So this is her first time directing uh, over here in the States. 
And I do the audition for Lindsay. She looks at it and she um, she goes, "All right, all right. Um, I want you to try this. I want you to try doing it with uh, this set of intentions, but um, doing this kind of movement." I did it. She liked it. And then she went, "All right, cool. My only question for you is, what is this play about?" And I kind of like froze for a second. And I just remember I had talked to my brother about uh, back in the day, as well as um, what I'd read. That it was like, well, essentially, it's a meta comment on how women were battered in the early 1920s and they didn't have control over their lives. And she, she went, okay. And then I left and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not getting that. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't think that went well. Cause she really didn't give me anything. I don't think she was like, yes, you got it right. Um, and then two days go by and I get a call from my agents as I'm walking to work on the upper West side. And they're like, Hey, how do you feel about being on Broadway? I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> Whoa. That is so cool. I'm good. And I lost my freaking mind. I was just like, I'm 24 years old. And my goal was to make this happen by the time I was in my thirties. Right. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> and that's um, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great. And later on, Lindsay had told me, she said, I asked every single person who was in this show, um, what the show meant. And, you got really close to what it was about. She was like, the only thing you forgot to talk about was the fact that it's roughly based on the uh, first woman put to death, uh, Ruth Snyder, in New York City by the electric chair. If you would have added that, Ryan, you would have had 110% on the, on the exam. I was like, okay, yeah. thanks, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my and, that, God. and what, what year was that, Ryan? Uh, that was 2014, I want to say. Yeah, 2014 <laughs> is when we went up. Um, we were, uh, we kind of made news as on our opening day, our set broke. <laughs> um, that was quite an experience. Um, talk about the show must go on. Yeah. Uh, the whole concept of, uh, of the show was it's all set within a box. It was based off of actually an old, uh, John Lennon video that never actually came to fruition. Um, but essentially the box turns, um, and it's a cube and, the, the doors and the walls could interchangeably move, but essentially it was like life was happening inside of this box. It was another comment on, on what was going on for our lead, Rebecca Hall, who was playing, uh, playing the lead. Love and Rebecca Hall. He's fantastic, man. You want to talk about someone who actually like taught me something like immediately? That's amazing. <laughs> like she, she was incredibly, incredibly wonderful to me and would tell me like, hey, I think you're pushing it. Hey, I think you're trying too hard. Hey, like, that's great. So she was good at being able to give me all of that. It also helped that I was around an incredible cast of people. Morgan Spector was one of those people, too. Who Morgan Spector, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he was the man that made me realize that I am not Brando. Um, he's Brando. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, every young man's like, I'm going to be that. And then I was like, I'm not that. That's not <laughs> Um, that, I'm not that type. Um, but, uh, they, they were an incredible cast to be around and, and sort of in people who had all done these really great credits who took me, took me in. And I felt like, um, I felt like I was in a summer stock theater where I was the youngest person there. Right. What my job was, was to watch everybody and learn from what everybody was doing. It's time to get your master's degree. And that's exactly what I tell people is Mashinal was like, was like getting, like going to grad school for me. Yep. That where I learned 
really how how to hone hone in on my craft and how I attack a script. Um, you know, what's the level of importance of of character creation? Um, what does it really mean for mowers, all those things, whatever sort of tools you subscribe to, but that was what I, I really did. And, um, and I, and it, it, obviously when you add that credit to your resume, things notice we kind of change for you. Um, and that's when, you know, I, I have that wonderful experience with them. We go through the moment, our set breaks down. Uh, in the middle of our in the middle of our opening night, I'm staring at Alec Baldwin in the face, like pretending to file something. As the lights are supposed to go down, but our set is stuck because the 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 motor that turns the stage it broke. And so we we oh my we god the, we go from the top, top of the show again. It breaks in the same position. Um, they essentially go to they go they make it dark they drop the curtain they say everybody go get free drinks from the bar you yes we all on us go get free drinks <laughs> and the people who signed the the motor happened to be in the audience and so they decided all right we're gonna push the set for you so it was three men and then this woman in a red dress so I'll never forget it was a wonderful red dress hmm. um, of course it's gonna steal your eye immediately and. It added just this other layer to to the production. You know, it's a show about women, about a woman who's battered by society in the early 1920s, contained in a box, pushed by today's people turning the stage. Yeah, like, couldn't be more of a clearer demonstration. What was that? Couldn't be more of a clearer demonstration of that metaphor. I mean, right. <laughs> and our, oh my and my God. She was like, she was keeping it cool throughout it. And because uh, we were all like, so we're just going to like, is it open closed for us? Is that what this is? Right. Uh, um, and she, she was like, no, we got people from the audience. They're going to do it. They're the people who built the, like, that's come on. It's just one more layer. It's one more layer. The reviews tomorrow are going to be great. Uh, <laughs> she was having a good time with it. And, and uh, so we have that experience. We do our run for, for three months. Um, and that's when I, I start kind of being let into more doors that I, I would have normally not have been, I felt like I would have normally not been let into. Um, and that's when I booked my recurring role on Boardwalk Empire um, right after. Um, and then, you know, coming from a 1920s play, it's pretty easy to transition over to a 1920s show. Yeah. Uh, and that was when I, and in that time I had seen Meredith Tucker, who was the one who had casted that or who was casting that. Um, a couple of times and she was really nice to me, but I remember I walked in, I did my audition and she literally sat back and she goes, cause I'm supposed to pay the younger version, um, of, uh, of, of Nucky's brother, one of the leads in the show. And, um, she sits back and she goes, you look just like him. I need you to just change this little thing here because I swear to God, I'm going to call you tomorrow with the fact that you booked this. Jesus. Don't walk out there saying anything, but I'm pretty sure this is yours. And I was like, oh, and no casting director ever said anything like that to me ever. Meredith Tucker, I never big do. fucking casting director. Yeah, yeah, she is. Whoa! <laughs> and she was like, you're 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 gonna get this. Just don't don't go say anything. You can talk to your agents. Tell Tom that's fine. I don't care about that. But like, just do this change for me. And I did it. She goes, perfect, great. Uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> and I walked out, and then the <laughs> next day. Like, hey, cool. So you're doing two episodes. Well, at the time, it was three episodes of Boardwalk Empire. 
and I happened to get cut out of the out of one of the episodes. The scene got cut, so it was fine. We never shot right. it. Um, I get to work with Tim Van Patten, who um, was the first time I went up to him and I go, okay, cool. So I was thinking about this motivation here and whatnot. And Tim just looks at me and goes, just do it. And I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, we don't need to talk about objectives or motivations on a film set or a TV set, do we? So I'm thinking about my subtext. I'm glad you are. Can you get me a coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Our PAs are wearing the costumes now. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) So Ryan, you do you do uh, recurring on Carrie Diaries. You go to Broadway. You do recurring on Boardwalk Empire. You do recurring on Royal Pains. You're having a good Mm -hmm. run in New York. At what point does Atlanta come into the picture for that to even be a change in your life. So my, it all goes back to talking about Thompson who lived around the corner from me. Um, right after I did boardwalk empire, he just had some issues in his family um, and personal life. And he ends up moving back down South where he's from Mississippi. Um, no longer as an agent. Um, and he, does I think he does that for probably about a year before he realizes like I hate every single moment of this because he's so damn good at his job that he decides I'll move to Atlanta. Um, he gets a serving job while also being an agent for uh, the People Store here. Um, his credits with Henderson Hogan and interning. You might hear my dog pester in the background. I apologize for that. Don't worry, uh, please. Uh, Mine's asleep right here. Oh, great. Mine has a, it's a beagle whippet mix. So he feels like he has to say hello to everything that exists outside. Oh, I have uh, a beagle too. I get it. I get it. I get it. Dude, I calm down. Okay, I get it. <laughs> uh, uh, very protected. Thank you. <laughs> um, back to the said, he, he goes in and gets a job with the, just an entry level uh, agent with a people store, um, just based off his, his New York credit alone with who he's worked at with there. And he starts seeing that the market is changing rapidly. And like, whoa. <laughs> like, whoa. It's a big reason of it being the tax credit that was put in um, that essentially made it, uh, you know, dirt cheap to film in Atlanta or in Georgia in general. Yep. And he, since we're still close, we're still talking throughout all of this. Um, he's calling me and constantly going like, hey, maybe you should move to Atlanta. Hey, maybe you should move to Atlanta. Hey, if you move to Atlanta, I'll get you more work than you're getting in New York. And I started to sort of realize because after Boardwalk Empire and uh, Royal Pains, I wasn't really booking. And that was about a, about almost two years of where I just didn't see anything. And I felt like I had all this momentum and then it just died. Well, I when he left, that's when that momentum essentially died when I tracked it all back. And I realized like, oh, this man is the linchpin of my career. Um, this man who ah. I spent i'm with uh, like as a friend and we've cultivated this this relationship who by the way all the way through like living in new york until the last few years i thought everybody just went over to their agent's house and like would watch television shows and be chill no <laughs> no no i was very big on that um <laughs> at the point where i was like oh I talk about that with some actors probably not a good um and uh I, I finally took him up on it and I was um, I had one last audition in New York and that was for Mindhunter 
uh, to work with David Fincher oh. and Jonathan Groff. Which filmed that. down in Georgia, I believe, no? It did the second Pencil. season. It's filmed. It was Virginia. In, 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 it's in Pittsburgh. They do right, something. They do out in West Virginia, but it was mainly in Pittsburgh. Um, that's where Quantico basically was. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when, when the second season was more based around what was going on in Atlanta with the child kidnapping, uh-huh. um, did more things in Atlanta. Um, so I had done that and I was with Julie Schubert and I was thinking about going to Atlanta and I'm talking, I did my audition for her. She really liked it. And I got done before I walked out of the room, I felt bold enough to be like, Hey, Julie, I'm thinking about moving to Atlanta. And she just kind of stopped for a second. And I was like, I see all this work that's going on there. I'm starting to notice that rightfully so everything is trending towards um, uh, actors of uh, who are female and, and of ethnic origin here in New York. And I am so happy about all of this, but I, I want to keep working. And I think that might be Atlanta. And she sat there for a second and she just was like, Ryan, I think actually like that makes the most sense because they don't have a lot of actors in Atlanta right now with credits that you currently have. That you currently have. Exactly. Like you're going to have in any audition, a hundred actors that come in, the best they got is a co-star, the absolute best. Mm -hmm. And if it's a guest star, it's one of those guest stars. They had a few more lines, but as far as experience goes, experience, real seen experience in a legitimate film TV show, you would be coming into that. And I was going to move eight times between like 14 and 17. I mean, I was always thinking, how, when am I going to go down there? When, when, when? Because like you, mm-hmm. I was going to take advantage of that, um, of the credits, having the credits and being that big fish in a smaller pond. And we push right. Atlanta a lot because you come in with a couple of credits, you're going to book more. There were friends of mine that that lived in LA for 10 years, moved to Atlanta in 15, 16, and worked more in one year than they ever did in 10. Right. Right. Absolutely. So you're, so you decide, okay, this is, this is a thing I'm going to take this as a, as a sign. And even you got a blessing from like a legitimate source. Yeah. How quickly, how quickly did you jump down there then? Uh, I literally, I finished filming, um, this was, oh, you booked Mindhunter. I booked Mindhunter. I, I do an episode. I get to work with someone who I never thought I'd get to work with. I hate Uh, you. I hate you. I remember watching that episode and I was like, it's Ryan. (laughs) I will. I can, I can confirm David Fincher does 60,000 takes. Um, yeah, and I okay, he gets you your co-star filmed for a month. Yes, it did. It really did. Um, did not expect you. You're like, oh wow, I'm gonna get paid this whatever weekly deal. It's like, no, no, no you're gonna get that weekly deal for like four weeks, man. It's David Fincher. Um, oh and then there's three shoots. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> um, and incredible. I might. He's another person. I'm like, I can't wait to get back to working with him. Um, but. I had this little nest egg of money that I felt like, all right, cool. I can, I can do this. And, you know, I've, I've gone through, you know, I've moved enough times in my life. I've lived in different places. My mom's from Mississippi. So I have a a somewhat of an idea of like Southern culture growing up with it. Um, And the guy who's the linchpin of my career is here. So I'm going to go do it. And I will say there's an immediate culture shock that hits you. um, If you leave just the center of Atlanta, 
Um, I remember moving down here and it was right when Trump was put into, into office. So I can pretty much say that since the beginning of his presidency, I've been here. Um, and I, um, I remember sitting in a mall in North Atlanta, looking around and noticing that everybody looked the same and coming from New York. I just, I started hyperventilating and being like, what did I just do to myself? I took any like thing of culture and like fun. Like I, like I have, what's my influence now? What do I go do? Like, I can't just walk out my door and go find a museum to walk into. I got to get in a car now, which is great. I don't have to start with MTA, MTA, but like I'll take the MTA over this and I'm like flipping out. And um, I was fortunate <laughs> that I was living with my agent and I, uh, we lived together for the first, uh, for the first year and a half I was here until my girlfriend moved down and then we moved in together. Um, and he just was like, slow down. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's okay. You're like, we no, that's the point. Stay. Everything is slow here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and, you know, after I got over that moment, um, he just was like, we're going to, I'm going to get you some general meetings with some casting directors here. We're going to go talk to some people <laughs> so that you don't feel like you just upended your life for no reason. Um, and so he was, wow. he was awesome. And, um, and the people store got me in with uh, some great people. I got to sit down with Jackie Birch. She was one of the first people I, I got to mm-hmm. meet. Um, and then I, I go and I meet George Pierre, um, who does a, a lot of wonderful things for, or a lot of the he does incredible projects for um for uh basically bet and uh and anything that's going to be black entertainment and then i get to go and i meet who i absolutely love is megan lewis uh from rpm casting excuse me um and then i also have a small thing with Feldstein paris who's like the big uh the big huge casting director here which does like a lot of the blockbuster movies that you see and, and things like that um and pretty much anything that's going to be marvel is going through uh going through Feldstein paris you know which is the big claim to fame here in atlanta um and after i meet them and i tell them my experience and we start talking uh, and i have this little general moment with them i start to realize like okay cool so it, it's like it's here the groundwork has already started here. I didn't just like leave a market that's like guaranteed. Um, I actually have an opportunity to be, to, to, to keep continuing to flesh out this market. Um, because the idea from all, from both LA and New York was that Atlanta actors have no training. Um, Atlanta actors aren't, aren't good enough. And I had heard that before I moved here, but I'm sitting there going like, well, I'm good enough. I like, I have these credits. I have these things. I have this degree and I've put it to good use. So why don't I go be a part of that change? Um, another good friend of mine, Nick Kowalczyk, who, um, oh, he goes by Nicholas Logan because Kowalczyk's too hard for people to pronounce. Um, he's also in Best of Enemies with me. We, we book our first movie together. Um, and he, uh, ends up being one of my roommates. Um, but he, he's also, he's a, um, school of the arts from North Carolina kid so him and i are like we want to be on the ground floor of atlanta um and we have done that we've we've realized now that because we made that move we made that transition we got in the door with a whole bunch of new directors we've seen three or four new casting directing offices that have opened up here because they see the ability to create a name for themselves um, and we essentially shortened our time. Like when you first move to a new market where it takes like for me two years to finally book, it took me, uh, six months and then I had already booked Yep. and it was, 
I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I thought, I told myself, okay, as long as I'm booking one or two film thing, film, uh, film credits a year, then I'm fine. Like I'm cool. Um, and I've been exceeding that. Um, and it's just because there's so much here and it already, it already has somewhat of a built in, um, acting base here. You know, some of the theaters here, uh, you know, the big one being the Alliance Theater, they're pretty well known. Um, I, my girlfriend actually actually works for them in the early childhood program development team. Um, but they they've already stoked quite a following of, of actors and writers and new work, uh, which is really great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those guys were like, yeah, we're, we're excited about this tax credit. We're excited about all this stuff. Like we're here like, hey, we have training. And I've slowly noticed over the last four or five years that we're starting to get more and more uh, credit as as a market. So my yeah, my next question was, how do you see that if you see a line graph of of the Mm -hmm. success of Atlanta as a hub for acting? Are we going up? Are we continuing to go up? Are we leveling out? I mean, it's been, what, 12 years or so or even more, 15 since The Walking Dead premiered, which kind of sparked this huge, huge move into into the southeastern market as like a prime place to film um are you seeing that continue to rise going into 2022 yeah we're we're seeing um i i've been fortunate enough to make friends with uh people who are on the back end of things like working in the studios and and there's a a a friend of mine who's a lobbyist for one of that black hall studios here and he was he's uh i still wait tables (laughs) so he was uh he was telling me um he's a regular of mine that um they're looking to expand uh, the studio. They're picking up more uh, land to create uh, more opportunities for more things to be filmed here. Mm-hmm. You're seeing um, essentially, I mean, besides anything that's going to film out of the country, anything Marvel is here and that, you know, the different phases of Marvel, those are going to continue to keep going. Um, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon um, with them telling more projects that are coming out that are employing more people. I mean, She-Hulk, I'm pretty sure just wrapped its first season or it's in the midst of almost wrapping its first season. Um, and that's created so many jobs for, for actors in Atlanta. Um, and then you have all of the, with the change in, and you can kind of see in some of my credits, with trying to bring, you know, the complicated racial issues of the past um, and how we're finally seeing truly representational films um, with talent that deserves to be in those particular uh, roles. Um, Those are being done more and more here as well, which it's great to finally have an affordable setting that is the setting um, to portray those. Um, So it's, it's for me, I'm only seeing it continue to go up. I mm. said that, like, oh, I'll move here for like four years, grab a couple credits and then go exactly. back to work. That but was now, my plan. But, now, but you're like, dude, I'm, I'm going to stick around because they're only. Right now. I mean, I, my girlfriend and I, we, we, I mean, we've been together for quite some time. We, we, she's from Baltimore. I think we eventually want to end up back up North. Um, but for right now, it doesn't make sense for us to leave. She's got a really wonderful job. I'm booking um, consistently here. So it's kind of one of those things I'm like, I, I think it's going to be obviously longer than four years. I can't tell you. I mean, I know I'm here for probably at least another two years. Mm. Uh, and I think this is going to be the market that, that really puts me on the track towards getting to be not a actor who waits tables, but a working actor. Yeah. That's well, what I think. You- 
going to end up doing for me. And that's you, what the goal of this place got, is. You've got this business mindset here. You know, this is a market. Yeah. You hear about markets. Mm-hmm. We think about business people and the products that they sell. And, you know, you had the know-how to think, okay, where, where, where can I launch my product, which is me. Right. In, in an environment in the best, uh, in the most favorable environment, right? Correct. And you had to have that know-how. Not only did you have the know-how, but you had the balls to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I just want to comment on, you know, your tenure, and I'm, I'm, writing, I'm writing parts of your story down as you, as you deliver them because there's this common thread, and I don't know if, you, if you've pointed this out yourself, but and forgive the work outside if you hear it. <laughs> you, your success now is a product of the things that came before. So, you know, your first commercial as a kid was because you played golf and you knew someone who was doing that commercial who knew you played golf. Right. And because you played golf and you were good at it and you were also an actor, you booked that, you know, and that led to um, that thespian, uh, that thespian um, group Stop. that you were with, right? And then the go- the Ninja Warrior connection with that rep, um, the fire, which led to theater works. And then that footnote that you just apparently read about see Machinal, you know, these <laughs> yeah. things that secured your success that only came from five seconds of here and, and one day here and this knowledge <clears throat> of this then, back then, mm-hmm. you know, everything that we do now fuels something in the future. And, right. and every little thing that you're doing from when you start at 11, 12, 13, it fuels that thing at 14, at 17, at 20, at 25, 30, 50, 70, right? And mm-hmm. your uh, your path is no different from everyone else's where you were just into it at the beginning and allowed all the things to come from that to fuel the next step. You mm-hmm. know, I admire your your courage, your business mindset, your respect. I can tell from for the craft, you've got it, you know, and it's not just mm-hmm. about talent. It's about character and it's about work ethic and respect and, and, you know, lack of ignorance and an open mind and all these things that you clearly have, you know, so, um, you know, you're doing it right. You're doing it right. And, uh, I think a lot of people can, can learn from you. So, um, what do you have for the people who are kind of behind you in terms of their career? They're just starting out. Maybe they're hitting a couple of snags based on your experience. What would you say would be like some advice that you would throw to them as they begin their careers? I think, Tommy, you kind of, first of all, like, thank you. That's incredibly kind of you to say it. And, and, um, and I appreciate that. My, whenever I, <laughs> anybody I talk to beforehand, whether it's kids or anybody that I know, um, you know, in their early twenties getting started off, it's that, you know, this is, this struggle pays off and it's, it's not, I know it's cliche. I know you don't want to hear it. I know. And that's the thing right there. I know you don't want to hear it, but guess what? Like you have to fucking go through it. Like your struggle is going to, is going to inevitably uh, shape the actor that you are. It's going to give you the experiences that you need. I'm not telling you to go out there and burn your apartment down. I'm not telling you to take a Greyhound bus for two days across the United States. But what I am saying is you need to struggle and you need to, you need to, you need to cherish those moments in the environment that you keep around you, whether it's the city or the community or the individuals, those are going to be the influences to uh, the rest of your career. Those are going to be the building blocks of the actor you're going to become, and you can't take them for granted. 
Well said. Ryan Dinning, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Where can people find you, Ryan? Um, I uh, I will be honest with you. I'm not a super huge social media guy, um, but I will say I do have uh, – I just finished my something with uh, Jamie Foxx um, and uh, John Boyega that's going to be called uh, They Clone Tyrone. That comes out later this year on Netflix, I believe. Congratulations. Um, I just wanted to that. Thank you. Uh, fantastic group of guys to work with. Um, and then there's other things coming out that I had to sign something that tells me I can't tell you about that. So Hey, that's a great place to be in, right? <laughs> what do you have coming out? Yes. Well, NDAs are a thing, so I yes. can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Ryan, congrats on everything, man. Congrats. Yeah, very excited yeah. for what's to come for you, and congrats on everything. Thanks for coming on the show. Please come back. I will, guys. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a fantastic day, all right? Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. All right, bye. What a great guy. Yeah, super great. Wow. Isn't that wild? His whole, like, life really changed because someone quite literally was like, hey, you like golf? Do this. Uh, Yeah. That was never in his... It was not in his wildest imagination. And somebody had the wherewithal to just kind of put two and two together, not him, and just be like, hey, why don't you do this? And then this huge, yeah. all this all this life that he's lived in this crazy, crazy business. And he's had such wonderful success. And it's just amazing. You know, little things like that. Someone you never expect comes into your life and, you know, pushes the pebble down the hill and it just snowballs and becomes this career that you never even saw coming. It's just so crazy. I love stories like this. I mean, it is inspiring to me because it drives home the fact that there's something behind everything that's happening for you. And it's in its own time. It's in its own agenda. It's not up to me, but it was there at the very beginning it's there now and it's going to be there until the day I decide to stop doing this where it'll introduce these incredible experiences, but they come with a price. They come with struggle. They come with challenge and risk and faith and all that stuff, but it's there and there's something pushing everything. This force that runs pretty consistently along every path that we've heard, every story that, that is we've come across and it drives home the fact that it's not just uh, going into an audition and let's just see what happens. No, there's something happening here where even at the beginning of your life, your your kind of your destiny or your path is kind of introduced and set forth in front of you, and it's up to you to to um, come to fruition and and hang on and stay in it and and evolve, right? Be flexible, move, risk, take a bus get through a fucking fire, like do all these things that you have to do to just, to just get through it. And that's his story. And his storybook is just as big as anyone else's, but it's a completely different adventure. And and I'm so glad that we got to hear that today. Uh, He seems like a wonderful guy. I wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for uh, joining another episode with Tommy and I for Before the Break. You can find out more about Book It and Before the Break at bookitnyc.com. Follow us on Instagram at Before the Break Pod and Book It underscore NYC. You can check out my stuff at adamdecarlo.com and follow me at that Adam DeCarlo. You can check out Tommy's stuff at tommybeardmore.com and follow him at Tommy Beyond. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review if you like what you hear. And we will see you on another episode of Before the Break. Thank <laughs> you.
Bye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.